Welcome to Inside Stories. I'm Jen. And I'm Tequila. And here on Inside Stories, we explore Madison one fabulous story at a time. Yeah, so what we like to do is we bring people on who have told great stories somewhere in Madison, and we play their stories, and then we talk to them to find the story behind the story. Mm-hmm. And today we have on Danny, who we got through Jen. There's a backstory to that. Oh, well, I wouldn't. So Danny works with my husband, and um, he told me what a great storyteller she was. So so um, I encouraged her to come and tell a story. And it worked. And it, it worked. worked. And let's just, we'll do a little, like, um, spoiler right now to say she told her story at the Moth first time and won the night. So it's a good story, everyone. Brace yourselves. All right. Leaping. I relocated 1,500 miles away from everything that I ever known. All of my friends and my family. I spent 40 years in a place that I was really comfortable with. When I relocated, I relocated without a plan. Not a plan at all. And I took two minor children with me. So not having a plan was unusual for me because I was the college girl. You know, the one that showed up to the family reunions and everyone say, here come college girl. Smarty Artie, Safety D. So they always expect me to have a plan, but I didn't have a plan. I didn't even tell anybody about my relocation because I was always told by my mother, don't invite everyone into your dream because sometimes they can't dream like you and they'll diminish it. And so I didn't tell anyone. And so I grabbed my kids and we landed in Texas. I felt like I was in hell. It was the hottest summer ever in Texas. My kids looked at me, I looked at them. No one would speak a word because we was afraid that we were thinking what each other was thinking. (laughs) She made the worst mistake of her life. And I was thinking, I think I made the worst mistake of my life. (laughs) Remember, I didn't have a plan, but we had a home. And so we moved into the home. I was really super excited about the house. Did I tell you I didn't have a job? Yeah, so I didn't have a plan, and I didn't have a job. But I was happy, because I finally moved. I finally relocated. I finally leaped. And so I spent hours. Did you know that it takes eight hours a day to apply for three jobs? Yeah, so that was stressful. Every single day, for months, I applied for jobs creating new portals for every organization that I applied for, new cover letters. That was just exhausting. I got one interview. 30 days go by, 60 days go by, 90 days go by, 120 days go by. I had three interviews. I had two children who was depending on me, and every day I got more stressed, (laughs) more sad, more tears. I was hiding in the closet when I cried because I didn't want them to know. But I kept focused. Four job interviews, five job interviews, 250 applications, no job. My mother used to always tell me, you should always have six months worth of your you know, expenses saved. And so I did have that, but I'm in my fifth month. I'm sad, I'm crying, I'm hiding in the closet because I didn't want the kids to know. You know, we always think that we're hiding from our kids, but they know, they feel it. 
So I'm almost in my sixth month. I have $1,200 left in my account. I've only had six interviews. <laughs> so I'm sitting at the dining room table, and I'm looking at my bank account, and I'm stressing out, and I'm crying, and I'm feeling bad for myself. And I get up, and I regroup, wash the laundry, start making snacks for after school for my kids when they got home, started to apply for another job, job number 312. About 20 minutes later, I get a call from the job of my dreams. And they asked me, are you still interested? And I said, hell yeah. <laughs> and they said, when do you want to start? I'm like, yesterday. <laughs> so I'm excited. I don't know how I'm going to tell my kids, but my son comes home first. And my son says to me, you know what, Mom? I want to talk to you about something. I asked him, what do you want to talk about? He says, you know, every day that I've been coming home for five months, you've just seemed so sad and so defeated. And I'd ask my teacher to excuse me from class so I can go into the bathroom and pray for you. Because I wanted to come home for one day and see you happy. And I looked at him and I said, I think it worked. <laughs> Thank you. And he says, I can tell. <laughs> I'm soaring. Fast forward 10 years later, I find myself in South Africa with my daughter, who graduated from college with honors. I promised her that trip. Didn't think she would make honors, so I kind of took my time saving money. <laughs> then it was time to go. But the one thing she wanted to do was paraglide, and I was like, ooh, that's, black girls don't do that. But she wanted to do it, and I said, okay, you know, I'll take you, but I'm not going to participate in this. So we're riding up Table Mountain. It takes probably a half an hour to get to the top of Table Mountain. And as I'm riding up Table Mountain with her, I was thinking to myself, if my daughter leaps off of this mountain and she doesn't make it down, how am I going to tell my family that I let my daughter leap off of a mountain in Africa and she died? So I said, you know what? We about to die together. <laughs> so I decided as soon as I got up there that I was going to go ahead and I was going to get strapped in. And as they were strapping me in, I'm signing my life away. You know, all the documents that says, if you die, it's not my fault. And that's okay. They strapped me in. I'm looking at him. He's smaller than me. I'm like, I don't know how you're going to handle all of this. But he was okay with it. And I said, okay, let's go. And he just whispered in my ear, listen, all you got to do is keep running until you don't feel land underneath your feet anymore. I'm like, what? Like, what? And so as I'm screaming, I'm running at the same time. I can see the cliff about 50 yards in front of me. And we just started to run. And guess what? The land left from beneath my feet. And I started to soar. And I saw all the beauty of Cape Town. I saw the big houses, the small houses, the big buildings, the ugly buildings. You know, I saw the trauma of life. I saw everything. It was beautiful. He said, just sit back. I got you from here. And I said, you know what? You sure do got me. And so if you don't know anything, I believe that this trip was a testament of my life. Sometimes you got to leap if you want to soar. Thank you. I mean, I feel like as psyched listening to it, the third time as I did the first time. <laughs> and I just want to say the one thing that really struck me this time is like in that final moment when you're running, like you just, like, I just think all of us just were exactly there with you. Like you just described it in such a way that like I could feel it. I could feel like the terror of seeing <laughs> the cliff coming, like just 
all of it. So anyway, I just uh, you did such a great job of sort of Thank showing you. us what, what was happening. So anyway, it's crazy because it's the first time I heard it back to me. So I'm mm. like, oh wow. I know. I know. <laughs> we're, we're always our worst critic. It's, it's yeah. So, right. yeah. yeah, you're sitting here the whole time judging yourself. Yeah. But that was really good. I super enjoyed that. Y'all were right. I really enjoyed <laughs> that. Um, your use of detail and how you strung things together um, was like really amazing. Awesome. So is that something you do normally? Do you write? First of all, no, exactly. I, I journal a okay. lot. I do journal a lot. Um, someone else asked me that. They asked me, do you, are you in entertainment? Do you Are you an actress? Or, and I'm like, no. Are you a poet? I'm like, no. Um, but I do write a lot of my thoughts down. Okay. Um, it's part of a therapeutic kind of process. I started that when my father passed away uh, in 2000. And I want to say it was five, 2005. So, yeah, yeah just kind of just putting the thoughts down and weaving stories that way. Mm-hmm. Well, you do a great job of picking mm-hmm. out the important details to keep people like strung along with you. And like Jen said, we were right there with you when you were jumping. And your last line was superb. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, seriously. I, I love opening lines and yeah. last lines and you did a good job. <laughs> yeah, I always like to refer to it like I like a story that sticks to landing, which mm-hmm. of course now feels really works. Right. <laughs> right. Story, but just, you know, anyway. Yeah. Um, the the one thing I was thinking about that I like so much about this story is like it's so much like your story, like your story of soaring, but your mom and your kids played such a big role in it. So it just, just sort of shows like how important they were in your life and your mom with the advice and, you know, Absolutely. your, yeah. Yeah. When I first started talking about, you know, I've always been a, a little afraid to tell my story because there's so many details in it and so many, so much trauma. And I remember sitting in one of your sessions and you were saying, tell your story from your scars, not your wounds. And it was so hard for me initially to tell stories about, you know, my life because it had so much, you know, so many wounds there. And I would just break down like, oh. Um, and so I had to kind of regroup with that. My mom has played a significant part in my development as a human, you know, as a mother and, you know, as a leader. And, you know, everyone has their own great philosophers that they tend to quote. My mother is my greatest philosopher. So I quote her everywhere I go. (laughs) Well, I think that's like an interesting point just about like telling your own story, right? Because I feel like at least the way I think about it is we all we all know like the full backstory for our story. We know like every little point along the way. So it feels like that has to be part of the story we tell. Yeah. But actually for the listener, it doesn't have to be. Like we can pick and choose, you know, and figure out like how we want to craft it. Like and so that's like at least for me it was an important thing to let go of. Like, oh, I don't have to tell them that, that, that. And that. I can just tell them that and kind right. of like short shrift the right. thing, you know. Right. Yeah. I think that was a challenge also when I was kind of condensing it because, you know, she was like five minutes. I was like five minutes, five minutes. <laughs> but I'm worth 20 minutes. Like, right. Yeah, I'm, like, right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like 20 minutes, 15 minutes, you know, but you were right because I'm like, well, they don't really need to know this part. I can take this out and it still, it doesn't disrupt the integrity of the story and the value of the story. And so, um, but choosing what to take out was the struggle for me. Mm-hmm. Um and obviously, it turned out, you know, pretty pretty well. Um, I didn't expect to have my name pulled that day. <laughs> I didn't. I was just coasting and just like, ah, you know. It was a crazy night. We actually had, so Tequila, we had 23 people put their names in, which never happens. Yeah. Like, right. Never happens. So it was, yeah. 
Yeah. The people that I was with was like, are they going to call you? They're like more nervous than me. They're stressing out. Right. And then, you know, when we had the intermission, they were like, well, what's going on? Are they going to I'm stressed. And I'm like, stop stressing me. <laughs> like, don't talk to me. Like, I cannot have you stress me out. You know, but it was it was a great experience. Good. Um, you did something in the story, and I didn't expect it when you skipped for it 10 years or so. Um, and that's something that a lot of people, writers, um, storytellers, find it difficult to like time hop in stories. But you mm-hmm. did that really well. Um, what made you decide to connect like that moment of leaping to, you know, the move and finally getting the job you want? Well, that it was interesting because... Um, when we got to South Africa and as we were going up Table Mountain um, to, to take that leap, <laughs> um, I realized that it was the anniversary of the day that I moved to Texas. And it, it was weird. I was like, wait, this is the anniversary of the day that I moved to Texas 10 years ago, which was part of, you know, why I decided to go ahead and jump with my daughter. I was like, you know what, we've been doing this jumping and leaping and soaring for a while. I'm going to do this with her, um, in addition to the fact that I didn't want her to die, <laughs> die alone. <laughs> but um, So it was significant because I was thinking about how exhilarating that experience was. I remember, you know, the um, expert telling me to, you know, I got you. You know, just relax and just just lay back. And I was just remembering those those sounds in my head when I made that change to go to Texas. Like, you know, the the sounds of just I got you. Just yeah. relax. It's going to be okay. And so I wanted to connect the two because I think those were two significant experiences. My first time in South Africa, my first time paragliding. <laughs> you know, um, but I just took a chance on myself, um, and it turned out. Well, and I didn't know, even with paragliding, I didn't know which way the wind was going to blow. Mm-hmm. I didn't know we were going to land. Right. You know, I didn't I didn't know when we were going to land. I just knew that it would be OK. Um, and so it was a, a good homage to my leaving Pennsylvania and heading to Texas. One thing I'm wondering about, because um, I know my daughter, she's 21. She's a lot more adventurous than I am. And I think your daughter is pretty adventurous. Mm-hmm. Would you jump with her? Like, I don't think Tamara could convince me to jump. I don't know. You know what? It might be me more than my daughter saying, let's do some crazy stuff. She might be the one to be like, Mom, now you know. Calm down. You're being a right. little extra. Right. She's she's getting to be cautious in her old age, I will say. <laughs> well, because the thing I was thinking about, you were saying, like, you know, black girls don't do that. Like, in my mind, no, Jews, Jews from New York don't do that either. <laughs> like, like when I moved to the Midwest in my 20s and I had some friends who wanted to go camping, I'm like, no, I don't think I camp. Right. <laughs> so anyway, so anyway, I'm not sure. I'm curious if I, well, hopefully I'll never have to find out <laughs> if I would jump with her. Yeah, my daughter's pretty adventurous. She's, I mean, she's always taken a chance on herself. I think just, I think she thinks she learns so much from me, but I learn a lot from her as well. So you know, we we teach one another. She teaches me about fearlessness, you know, and I teach her how to navigate life and relationships and leadership and all of those things. And so I think we're a great partner, mm-hmm. <laughs> great partnership. Uh, and, and I'm glad that, you know, that we landed together well. It was funny because as I'm landing and catching my breath, the very first thing I thought was, Where's my child? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm looking in the sky and she's, Oof. I can hear her laughing and, and I'm like, 
you found that fun? Like, I'm crying, I had tears coming down my face when I landed. And so, yeah, she's super adventurous, and I'm so glad that, you know, she was, I was blessed to bring her into this world and yeah. shape her future. Mm-hmm. So my daughter says, like, we really out here growing up together. Right. Yes, we are, baby. I'm glad you realized right. that we, mama, we daughter, are, we right. are growing together. Growing exactly. up. <laughs> well, one thing, because I don't think Shaquille doesn't know this, but I know you said that you haven't really done storytelling before, except I think for part of your work. I mean, those, whatever those things are, it's like, is it, is it a vlog? What is the thing you do? You, you, you sort of, well, just describe what you do. <laughs> Cause I'm not. <laughs> yeah. So for, for work, you know, we, we do a lot of, uh, workshops and, um, I do a lot of keynote speaking for the work that we do across the state and, even uh, throughout the the U.S. And a lot of it is really focused on the work of our organization. And I I, I learned uh, probably about 15 years ago that, you know, when you're telling your story, you're telling your impact story. One of the greatest connectors is telling your why, like why you do the work that you do. And so that required me to be a little vulnerable in telling my own story and weaving it into talking about the impact that our organization make um, in the community. And so that led me to do a little bit of uh, video um, blogging um, with a YouTube page and just random thoughts. So sometimes I'll wake up in the morning, I have this thought in my head and I'll just hit record and unscripted and just start talking. And it really wasn't for anyone. It was kind of another way of journaling. Um, And then folks start picking it up and, you know, asking me to do more storytelling. Um, But do you want to say just mm -hmm. so people know, like, what, like, how would they find it if they wanted to find it? Oh, so, yeah. So you can find me um, on all my social media platforms. Um, hashtag Your Best Life is my brand movement. Um, is U-R-B-E-S-T-L-Y-F-E. Uh, so you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. I will yeah. find you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll uh, I'll find it. We'll, I'll get the link from you if I can't. I'm sure Google will find it for me. But we'll put it in the description in the episodes you can find it there too absolutely mm-hmm. yeah my, my daughter says mom you're you're googleable I, <laughs> I google your name and your everything your government comes up and i'm like oh god <laughs> can't take it back now right sister. can't take it back now <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely so wonderful and i think the first at the first um time this year actually this marks the anniversary two years ago when i was a keynote for this conference called the joy conference mm-hmm. um and uh i was sharing a stage with some folks who were you know uh, ted talk you know folks and good morning america folks you know and here i am like i'm one of the final keynotes or closing keynotes and i decided to use that space to tell a story about how i found joy through my mother's storytelling um, and it was called um, Laughter and Latte. Mm-hmm. And um, so I told, you know, five lessons learned through her storytelling. And uh, that was the first time that I actually kind of got real deep. And uh, and it was amazing. And at the end, I had people come up to me later, you know, like crying and hugging me. And I was like, oh, <laughs> wow, <laughs> you should write this. And I'm like, oh, really? Never really thought about that. And it just gave me a little more confidence yeah. to be it's okay to be vulnerable in those spaces and you're trying to make an impact um so yeah i, I thank my mom so much because she just she even you know after passing away uh i just keep her in me like she's just constantly teaching me um 
throughout my life, you know. I'm wondering if she, if she remembers, I'm wondering if she's thinking now, she was listening. Because yeah. <laughs> sometimes they give us lessons and we're like, whatever, uh-huh. she's right. old, oh my God, right. you know. Right. But yes, mom, I'm, I was listening. <laughs> she knows, she knows. Yeah. Um, well, so we always like to ask uh, our guests who come on the podcast uh, to share, like, what is one of your favorite things to do in Madison? Wow. So far, coming to the moth has been one of my favorite things because I get to to learn so much about people and their journeys in such a different way. Yeah. I've come to the moth. I've shed tears, you know. I've laughed, you know, heavy belly laughs, you know, at some of the stories. Um, and really, uh, some of the stories have me thinking, thinking about my mm-hmm. own life. And so that's one of the, the things that I, I enjoy um, about uh Madison so far. And also, you know, it's really interesting because as soon as I moved here, there's not too many of us here, you know, so I was looking for my community when I first mm-hmm. showed up. And um, thank you. Thank, thankfully, I'm a part of a Greek organization. And, and so I was able to find my community fairly quickly. But uh, folks always was trying to tell me, like, take me places, the places that they like to go. Um, the moth was one of the first, your, you know, your husband was like, you got to come. And I'm like, oh, God, that doesn't even sound like fun. But I did, <laughs> and, and, and I never stopped coming. Um, and, you know, this whole ice fishing thing is interesting to me, that people actually walk across this ice and drill a hole. I know. <laughs> and sit there. I know. It's, right. it's so nonsensical, I have to say. Right. It's I like, thought you were going to say... You've really taken to ice fishing. That's no, where no. I thought this was I just going. like watching it. Like, I'm afraid to kind of do anything. Black people don't do ice yeah, fishing. Yeah, black people don't do I, do I like to watch. Maybe I'm I'll confident eat in saying that. That's why I was surprised. <laughs> Richard agrees. I mean, not to, not to like stereotype, but I'm like, really? <laughs> like, does she do ice really? fishing? No, no, no. I definitely love watching that because I just, there's so much courage to do something like that. Um, and so I do enjoy kind of watching watching that, but also enjoying the nature. Like people, this is a, a very, um, I mean, it's a place where there's hundreds of waterways and, you know, hiking and biking and things like that. And I really enjoy being a part of, of that. I was able to go on a Wisconsin idea tour when I first moved here. So it's an opportunity for new people who join University of Wisconsin to travel throughout the state to learn about, you know, what makes Wisconsin so amazing. And we traveled everywhere. We visit tribal nations and, uh, you know, it was just a beautiful, beautiful experience. So I do like the nature of it all. Um, Don't know if I like so much that everyone has a pet here. I'm not a pet person. <laughs> so, you know, I when I come home at night, everyone's dog is barking and it's like, oh God. <laughs> All righty. But I feel like I'm the odd man out because I'm the only one in my neighborhood without a pet. So I might have to just go and get me a cat or something. So, yeah. But it's a beautiful, beautiful state. Yeah. You mentioned part of this and two things you said, me and Jen are big proponents of. A, um, not telling of the story when you're wounded um, or, yeah, telling you when you have a scars, when you're healed and journaling. So can you tell us how, like, storytelling has helped you heal? Man, it, you know, I, I think that um, the, the, the healing for me started in helping other people heal. 
Um, and so I start journaling and I felt like I was healing more the more I start sharing this idea of journaling with, and, and journaling with people. So I started this 31-day stress-free journal challenge where I would send out prompts every day to people who sign up and it would just be a different prompt. And I would ask them just to write three minutes straight, nonstop. I don't care if you're just coloring, drawing pictures, just don't take the pen off your journal. Um, And we would do it for 31 days because I felt like that would create a habit for us. And so... um so that's where the beginning of my healing started, like journaling. Um, and that actually gave me the courage to talk about it. The more I wrote about it and processed it, the more I was able to talk about it freely. And I also noticed people light up when they hear that someone has experienced something similar. Mm-hmm. And here's how I kind of got through it, right? And sometimes we get so caught up in the trauma of it all that we can't see beyond that trauma. And I'm always reflecting on trauma that I may have experienced two years, three years, four years before. And I'm like, I'm here. I, I, I made it here. I can make it, you know, to next year as well. Um, so I think the journaling kind of was a catalyst for helping me just process through what was happening um, and then helping other people also gives me security to tell my story um, and learning how to be vulnerable. Um, it's not an easy thing, you know. It's really not easy, but uh, yeah, but it's all part of the the process. I love it. Thank yeah. you so much for sharing your story and process with us. Yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thanks very much for, for coming in. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This was fun. So I just realized I didn't ask her the question I wanted to ask her, which is, it's, she said that she got her dream job and I wanted, what was the dream job? And, 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 and we'll never know. Well, now you'll have to see if she'll make a comment when we share it or something like that, because folks probably have that question too. Um, one thing, so when she told that story at the Moth, um, she was also like auditioning to be a host. So for anyone listening who comes to the Moth sometimes in Madison, um, Danny will be hosting in April. So oh, that's good. So to know. come and come and see her in person and have her try out being a host. Um, and I love too that she. I said this before, like storytelling changes lives. Yes, it does. It does, and this is proof and journaling. But yeah, so we got a good thing going here. So um, we have now reached, you know, the uh, time for our nitty gritty details with our Yay, podcast. She said it. Yes. Uh, and so I guess, first of all, if you want to get in touch with us, we'd love to hear from you. And our email address is inside stories podcast at gmail.com. So comments, if you want us to do a workshop, anything, we're happy. We'd love to hear from you. And um, just to speak on our workshops, we do some amazing, I'm going to say plural because I'm already putting it out in the universe, workshops where it's related to DEI and helping folks in your organization get their story out that way. So any organizations looking to expand that way, book me and Jen and we can come out and help your organization figure out how to tell those difficult stories and make people come together with love. And let's see, Tequila, maybe uh, tell everyone where they can 
get a tarot card reading. Tarot, is it tarot card? Tarot card. It's a get your life reading. We'll just call it that. Okay. So yes, I've ventured out and let my mystic side out into the world. So you can go to tequilabenton.com to book a tarot reading. Um, check out some of the other things that I have going on. But definitely open to doing some Reiki for folks and spiritual coaching and readings. And yeah, hit me up if you're interested. So what's your... Uh, website for them to find you? TequilaBenton.com. And then um, you can find me at RubenGen.com. And and while you're there, you will see that I've written just like a book you should read. So uh, it's called We Are Staying, 80 Years in the Life of a Family of Store in a Neighborhood. So you could find details there. And also um, we have been recording since the beginning with Richard at Oddly Arranged Media. Um and they are doing all kinds of podcasts now. So if you have any urges to be yet another podcaster in the world, get in touch with Richard. And look, we have a new room now, y'all, right? So I always got to talk about his little setups. We have a nice little room that's a podcast room, and we were brainstorming decoration ideas. So it's going to be nice. We're going to show you pictures. So he I, hooks it up. I like it. I actually wasn't even going to mention that because I feel like almost every time we're like, oh, he's got a new table. <laughs> oh, he's got a new mic. But it's true. It's it's. It's a great room. So we're proud to see you growing up, young man. <laughs> proud to see you. Um, so, you know, if, so, uh, tell your friends, listen to us, subscribe, and um, we'll be back with another one. Hear you next time. See you next time. Whatever. Just yep. come back. Okay. Bye. <laughs>